this? Beers you got here just in the nick of time. What does that make us? Big damn heroes, sir. Ain't we just? This is Paris, the capital of gastronomy. With 115 top-rated restaurants, a million baguettes devour each day. Et bah c'est parti So, what's this? Got the email. What's up? Oh my god! Look at you all! You've not aged one bit since you were 18! So good to see you again! We are truly all here! Hello and welcome to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM, the film and TV radio show where a handful of film enthusiasts shoot the breeze about all things film and television. I'm Marcus E. Ako and I'm excited that we are about to embrace or about to kick off the Paris International Film Festival. I am producer Dave, and yeah, I'm excited as well because there's some really good films coming up there, shorts and features, some very, very interesting subjects. And um, yeah, we've got, got some surprises as well. So yeah. Abs absolutely. We've got some return guests. We've got some new guests. We've found out and watched a whole bunch of new movies. See, this is the reason why, this is one of the, this, in fact, this is the main reason why I really wanted us to do this show, uh, as in, shoot the breeze in general because it gives me the opportunity to get to watch some cool films way before everybody else and it's now finally paying off well i said finally <laughs> paid off a couple of you know uh, you know a, a few times in the last few over the last three years that we've been doing this but right now we are now part of a film festival that is giving us access to watch all of these exciting new filmmakers coming into coming to the fore and we get to see all those films first so in like a year's time when everyone else is raving about, oh, have you seen this film? Or have you seen this film? I'm like, eh, please, we saw this film like a year ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that's, good. That's, that's really, really good. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. There's some really good, interesting uh, films there. Some, both films, feature films and shorts. You, you'll hear about them. Um, through the interviews. Unfortunately, some of you are going to suffer my dulcet tones doing, conducting the interviews because, well, we split them up between us, didn't we, Marcus? What do you mean, suffer your dulcet tones? I'm, I'm, you, everyone is going to be like, wait, you mean that Marcus didn't talk and we just got to hear producer Dave speak? More of that, please. No, no, and no. no. <laughs> that's basically what's going to be happening. No, We're no, no. That, that didn't happen. I didn't speak too much. I just let them... I just let them Talk about their film, you know. If, if you got to an interview where um, Marcus is talking, then you notice he's trademark talking. But I let the artists speak for themselves as much as possible and just teased out some other bits and pieces. And I think a lot of the filmmakers really appreciate that. Where it's like, where they're like, yeah, I get to talk about my film. I get to talk about everything that I want to talk about and not have some annoying host just button in and, and giving his opinion. Like, oh, <laughs> 
when you, you I, don't like, think I don't want to give anything away. I don't want to give anything away. Here's for, for those of you listening, we've we uh, producer Dave and I have been locked in with tons of filmmakers over the last two weeks. We've crammed interviews. We're doing them back to back to back to back. And we've just been uh, inundated with, we're just going through all of this. And there were some that were somewhat hilarious. Some were, um, I, I don't want to, you know, some was like, I'll, I'll be honest. I'll just say it. Some were pulling teeth. We're not going to say which ones. You can figure it out when you listen to the episode. Some were like pulling teeth, but there were some they just got my just they got the hairs tingling and there you and you will sense it from the way I talk right there are a couple there's one in particular I'm not going to say which one because we're going to be doing we're going to be releasing these interviews over the next couple of weeks um because uh, the Paris International Film Festival a, the president is Jenna Suru she's a she's part of the show she's she's basically she's like a sister uh, whatever part of the show she is running the paris international film festival which is going from the 4th to the 14th of february we're going to post out on all social media that we have uh, the pro program for the festival so you can go onto the website get tickets to be able to watch some of these films so you can be just like us you can watch some of these films and see exactly what we're talking about so we've been doing some of the interviews with some of these people and we're going to be uh, rolling out the next few episodes, which are going to be those interviews. So we're sandwiching a lot of those interviews together. We have maybe a couple of them that we're going to include today, including uh, ladies that we've already spoken to, the Riddles of Zoom. That's also going to be part of the International Film Festival, the Paris International Film Festival. We also have Jenna Suru on the show today. Um, uh, unfortunately, I wasn't around to talk to her, but producer Dave was able to talk to her. That's great. Um, and you'll get to hear about all of these films and how great these filmmakers are, the, the important work that they're doing uh, to bring entertainment and content to your eyes, your brains, your ears, everything. Um, anyway, enough about me rambling. Um, no, no, it's my turn to, it's my, my turn to ramble now. It's um, your turn to, it's your turn my, to, my turn to ramble. One of the good things about the show, um, the, 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 the Paris International Film Festival is well, obviously because of the pandemic, people can't go physically to the actual um, International Film Festival, but it means that everyone in the world is now able to just log on and watch it on, on your screen at home. So that means an, an unfortunate benefit to the COVID, um, and I say unfortunate because the pandemic is not a very nice thing at all, but um, the, the outcome of that um, and the lockdowns down different places means that everyone has an has the ability of um, being able to see these films online at the time that the show that the Paris International Film Festival is on so that's a benefit to everyone and I encourage you to get online and, and view the show that was absolutely fantastically uh, fantastic. And, and you see, this is the reason why you are producer Dave. You're the one who basically shuts me up from talking rubbish and you spit, you spit the truth. So absolutely correct. Producer Dave, uh, you're listening to shoot the breeze on resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm David Campbell. And we're going to jump into the first segment, which is going to be me going quiet. And then producer Dave talking to uh, the, the fabulous Jenna Suru. Here is film and TV news. <laughs> Thank you. 
Welcome to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm David Campbell, producer Dave. Uh, Marcus can't join us, but with us I have, well, introduce yourself. Yes, thank you. Bonjour. Thank you for having me. I'm Gina Suru, the Executive Director of the Paris International Film Festival, which is running from the 4th to the 14th of February. Thank you very much for joining us again, Jenna. You're part and parcel of the <laughs> show. You've been on so many times. It's lovely to see you yet again. Please, just tell us, how did you get involved in the, um, in the film festival? Thanks so much. I'm so glad last uh, year on Valentine's Day, we were together in your beautiful studio to record the show. And this year, we get to be together at the festival virtually. And thanks so much for being our amazing press partner for this festival. Like our filmmakers are having such a fantastic time being aired on the show and interviewed by you. And also actually Marcus uh, has his script as part of our official selection because it's a brilliant script. And it's actually probably the best introduction. I'm running this festival with a wonderful team and partners, including Zeiss, We Audition, Scriptation, just add milk, just the very best of partner. But really what we want to do with the festival is shaping the future of filmmaking and show films that are amazing, but also about change and about the world we want as it, we want it to become. So for instance, as part of our selection, they present the world premiere of Invisible Love, which is a wonderful American old Chinese Vietnamese co-production a pure drama set in 30s in French Indochine. And the European premiere of Pioneers in Skirts, which is a wonderful documentary, which actually premiered also with the Golden Age at DTLA Film Festival. It's a very important documentary about the female gaze, quality, especially in the industry. Our, our festival really is here to connect the filmmakers with their future and push the films that we love. This year, it's not change festival. It's seriously the closest it can get to a physical edition. We have an opening virtual red carpet. Throughout the festival, we have various virtual Parisian locations uh, as part of our virtual Eiffel Tower. So that's really cool. But we also have a virtual mini market with our partners and distributors like Vo. So for everyone today, the show, um, they know, they should know that they can really benefit a lot from the festival. Not just from watching the amazing films, because honestly, these films are incredible. They're only having the very best of reviews. There will be tons of networking opportunities. If you're an actor, we have a panel focused on acting with Nancy Bishop casting, Eagles to Management and Anthony Mendy, who actually, whose film is actually also part of There will be speed networking, there will be mini markets, there will be also live Q and A's. So it's literally an unmissable event for anyone in the industry or who loves films and cinema. Okay, tell me, how many films have you got shown during the course of the festival? We are screening 43 films and TV pilots from five continents, from all over the world. We have several sections. We have section um, whose Invisible Love is part of. There is also the Big Kitty international premiere, which is an amazing tribute to Hollywood glamour. The filmmakers are from Australia and they're based in Paris now, which is really exciting. Yes. We have 
also a category named documentaries for change with surviving the silence, for instance, European premiere about something really important, which is breaking the silence around being queer in the American army. And we have more sections like the epic stories with some really exciting films and also in the shorts, um, the Parisian premiere of Anna, which premiered at Cannes and more uh, sections for shorts. Okay, can you briefly just go through the categories again? Because I think we missed the first one. Oh yes, the first one is really important. So obviously in highlight of what the festival is about, the first category is the bring change category. In this um, category, we have, for instance, Kiss the Ground. We narrated by Woody Harrelson. The filmmakers, Rebecca and Josh Tickle, are so humble and so committed for change. It's a very, very urgent message to save our planet, also through soil. So the film shows that how through saving our souls, we can also save the planet. It's an urgent documentary and these filmmakers are phenomenal. Um, it also features artists like Patricia Arquette, very committed for change in Jazz Omraz. Mm -hmm. um, also the world premiere of Invisible Love and more highlights. The second category is called Documentaries for Change. So we may say it's an equivalent, but for documentaries, it involves the European premiere of Pioneers in Skirts we've mentioned before, but also Surviving the Silence, a documentary which tackles a very important topic of being queer in the American army. We also have um, a category which is called epic stories. So that's really exciting. Yep. With more like stories that are just make us dream, make us think, which includes some of us, Anthony Mendy's feature film about acting. It's a phenomenal film and is also moderating that panel with Nancy Bishop casting, who's been doing a very important uh, work as we know with Borat, just to name that. We, in our fourth category for feature films is the tech care section. Obviously, this is dealing with something we are all very worried or considering now, which is mental and physical health. So it involves uh, the world premiere of the Chinese feature film, female filmmaker, Being Mortal, which deals with Alzheimer, and also more highlights, including the European premiere of The In-Between. It's an amazing road trip movie Female-led, Mindy, who I believe you had the, on the show too, is mm. the, the director, and it deals with chronic diseases. All these films we've loved so much. We also have a breaking the rules section to highlight on the films and TV pilots, which really highlights on change, also in terms of the format. By the way, above the short sections, I really, in the breaking the rules sections, I really want to highlight on how much we want to bring change. For instance, in this section, we have the Sandy Lobris short film, and her lead actor is actually nominated for a revelation this year at the French Oscar, which is the César. And she's a phenomenal actor. And I want to highlight on the fact that this film we're very pleased to have at the festival is all filmed in story format, like on Instagram. Okay. And it's dangers of Instagram, especially for youth. And in the shorts, we have a few sections. We have Human Rights with Anna, which will premiere at Cannes. Also, look around uh, animated short. It's really some shorts to just breathe in this maybe more lockdown confinement times, and these are amazing shorts. Uh, we also have a bring change section. So really everything that we need now as human beings and also as filmmakers. 
How much involvement did you have in the selection of the films? <laughs> a really big one. So we have an amazing jury and our filmmakers know that um, every film gets watched at least four times. I watch absolutely every single submission personally. And we love uh, also reading the details. Filmmakers, when they submit on Film Freeway, can incorporate as many details as we want. We read everything. So our jury is also a wonderful help. I'm thinking of Jeff Rivera, who's also moderating the panels, who's been watching all the films. Chesley Hensfield, who's been the executive director of the Louisiana International Film Festival for 10 years. We are a very committed team and I really want to highlight our how amazing our press partners like you or like how much support you bring to our filmmakers because everyone is so committed to this festival. I think we're all really looking for change and just willing with a big love for cinema and our filmmakers just willing to champion them. We're extremely committed in the selection process because aside of all the amazing networking events which are extremely important for all attendants and press, and distributors and also acquisition teams. It's all about the films we support. And I can tell you, I can guarantee this lineup, these films we have at the festival this year are phenomenal. They're not just great, like they are amazing. They're wonderful films, they're unmissable. Brilliant, excellent. I'm looking forward to being part of it as well. To, I'm watching some Yes. Yes. One quick question about the, um, the, the film festival itself. How challenging was it putting, putting together the film festival in view of the ongoing pandemic? So what's happening with the pandemic is that obviously when we started to organize the festival, so that was as early as last April, we thought off oh, in February, the pandemic will be ahead of us, you know, still being cautious, but we really thought we will be fine. Um, so we, you know, I have all the champagne and wine from the partners ready which is really exciting because when we're able to come back, it will be wonderful to see our filmmakers in attendance again. Um, of course, now the, in France, at least, the cinemas have been closed for about two, three months and for more months until further notice. What is really exciting is that because though we planned in advance for various scenarios, I think we had between three or five scenarios, depending on when in the year, because the closest we got to now, obviously, the closer we understood we needed to adapt and also see, I think from attending over festivals, hybrid or online, we really understood what we should do and not do. Because obviously, for instance, attending physically now is not something that we want anyway, because it's really dangerous. But in terms of a virtual edition, it's really exciting to see all, all we can do. We even ran a survey on top of attending over festival Something we realize and which makes a lot of sense for us is that our attendants are not always able to attend festivals physically. First, there's a money issue. That's true. Maybe they're not around. Many, they don't have money for the train and the taxi. And it's something I can relate to myself because I remember from years ago, you know, I, when I was in LA, I was, you know, sleeping on friend's couch and walking a lot because there was an Uber. So to attend a festival, you had to want it. And that was great. Um, that was wonderful. I think what's wonderful now is to see all you can do for very little money. You can attend, you can be part of this virtual festival, which also brings really interesting opportunities because anyone can attend now. It's more a matter of will, really. It's all, you can all join, tune in from your, your phone or from your computer. So it's helping accessibility. And for us, it's something really important because as we want to highlight on 
more filmmakers, like for instance, uh, we, we absolutely select regardless of genre or origins. We're very pleased that with the power of attraction, we have 60% of our filmmakers who are females, but we regardless of any origins or genres. And I think it's also accessibility, which makes it more accessible for also the youth um, and those who really are physically remote from the big cities like Paris. So that's something really exciting. What's really, it's been more exciting really because obviously it's been really challenging, but also wonderful to just attend over online festivals like Cancer is I work for too, which went hybrid. And we really saw from that all the amazing perks, like for instance, our partner Filmocracy, they hosted the American film market. And this was where like, we were like, oh my God, this is wonderful. And it looks so much like the platform we had for cancer is, because instead of like something that looks like a VOD platform, it really is close to a physical festival. You have virtual buildings, you can meet with people. It really feels like you're there. And this is what we had for cancer is, and it was really successful. So that was really, really exciting to, to live. Going forward, let's say in a couple of years time when the pandemic is safely behind us and we can live life more normally. Do you think that film festivals such as the Paris Film Festival, International Film Festival, sorry, will go back to being as they were or incorporate what they've become? There are definitely assets to both editions. Obviously being physical, there is um, an experience with the audience that also, mainly actually, the audience is excited for it. It's not just the filmmakers, it's also the audience. We are excited to be together in a, rule, in a room and have this sense of community and have this very human interaction. Um, so that's something we are obviously excited to have back, but just as excited as we are to discover the new opportunities from this which would mean that ideally, though obviously that's extremely challenging because it's twice as much work really, is to have both editions, to have something going online and something going physically so that people can really choose and also so that you can get the perks from both. What we're realizing from the online edition is that as obviously most festivals are being held online, is that we really understand the perk of being having this accessibility and also for some filmmakers, it reduces their costs. Sometimes as we wish them, they, they are filming at that time, you know, we have more projects coming in. So they don't necessarily have the time to attend because obviously, and that's wonderful, they have more projects coming up. So I, I guess, though it's obviously extremely challenging, ideally, hybrid editions are definitely the best because we can have both experiences, which are both extremely exciting if we're honest. <laughs> Jenna, it's been wonderful chatting to you again. Um, I'm looking so much looking forward to the film festival. Remind us again what it is that you're, you're talking about and when it's going to be. Thank you so much. So you can all attend that. We have a day pass, which is really affordable. We have two types of pass and they all give access to everything. The all access pass give access to all the virtual red carpets and events and films from the 4th to the 14th. We're really excited for them. And we have a more affordable pass, which give access to everything, but day specific and you get to pick the date. All the program and links to tickets and info are on our website, parisintelfest.com, P-A-R-I-S-I-N-T-L-F-E-S-T.com. And also on our social media with the same 
rewarding and we're really excited for you to connect and really make the most of what this festival brings to you. Genesur from the Paris International Film Festival, thank you very much for coming today. Merci beaucoup. Thank you so much for having us. We're excited to have you. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. I'm producer Dave, aka I- David Campbell. Yeah, aka David Campbell. Sorry, I kind of I, I stepped on your toes there. I apologize. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So, um, as so now, if uh, you you've heard producer Dave talk to Jenna Suru about the Paris International Film Festival, um, I'm going to dive in. In fact, we're going to dive in from this point onwards, and it's just going to be the show for the next couple of weeks will just be nothing but spotlights, where we spotlight the various filmmakers, their programs, their shows, their TV, their films, documentaries, shorts, etc that are going to be shown at the Paris International Film Festival between the 4th and the 14th of February. You can go on the on the Paris International Film Festival website to get tickets to watch these films online. So you don't have to go to anywhere else. You can sit in your in the comfort of your own home and watch these movies. So we're going to begin uh we're just going to kick off from this point onwards. We're not going to have top five favorites for the next couple of weeks because we want to use that time to interview all of the filmmakers and get to talk about their films. So here begins Spotlight. Yep, it's going to be the ladies from Riddles of Zoom. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm David Campbell. And we have return guests. Th- this time, they, they, they're growing in size. Uh, the last time we had uh, uh, representatives from this web series, there were two. Now there are three. Let's start with director and move through to uh, the following actresses. Please tell us your names and the project that you are here to talk to us about. Hello, I'm Raquele, and I am the creator of Riddles of Zoom. Hello, I'm Alida, and I am uh, the co-producer with Raquele, and also one of the actresses of Riddles of Zoom. Hiya, I'm Kelly Jubilee, and I'm an actress on Riddles of Zoom, and I played Greta. Yes, so so Kelly, you were the one who wasn't with us the last time we talked about uh, Riddles of Zoom. Uh, so welcome. Thank you for joining us uh, t- uh, today. For people who haven't listened, who haven't uh, caught Riddles of Zoom on YouTube or listened to the show, let's go to Kelly. Kelly, can you introduce us to the world of this web series? Yes, sure. So Raquel made an absolute brilliant horror film about these, um, or horror series, about these group of girls that haven't seen each other for a very long time since school. And they decide to have um, a sort of reunion via Zoom. They think it's their choice, but actually they've been roped into it by a secret anonymous person. And throughout the series, they're trying to figure out who that person is and why they are there. And you said you played Greta in in the role, so we already know that um, that we we know that Alida Alida you played Charlene uh, in yeah. the role. So what's the dynamic between Alida and Charlene compared to and uh, uh, Rachel? We'll come to you in a second. Uh, between uh, Charlene and Greta, what's the relationship between the two of you? Um, well, Charlene is one of the latest uh, comer to the brunettes group. So, of course, we, we don't see this in series one, but that's a bit of a background that the writer told me. 
And uh, my relationship with all the other brunettes is, of course, of respect. And uh, I love them. We all love each other. Or maybe not. <laughs> and, and Rachel, you're the one who you, you can you in, you were in you had the inspiration for this uh, series. Tell us, how did this come to you? Uh, what inspired you to come up with this web series? Well, I wanted to try and get a project going during lockdown. So I thought, okay, I will not have a lot of possibility for angles and camera work. So what story can I tell that can work with one camera, most likely a phone, and shoot it remotely? And so I've started building up this idea in my head. And then the brunette, brunettes come come along and came to life and then all the thriller and horror story behind it etc etc then it was just building blocks going one on top of the other but and the main reason was creating something that i could do despite lockdown and you did it with uh, with sort of the entire the framework of the show is basically all the brunettes are talking to each other uh, via a zoom like um, you know com uh, communication uh, model and so it's basically all everyone in square boxes, apart from one particular character who then moves to someplace else. I'm not spoiling anything. I'd, I would prefer people go and watch it on YouTube. Uh, and each episode is roughly, would you say, I may miss this, about three minutes long in total for each, each episode? Yeah, between three and five, depending on the episode. Yeah, and you, you and Alida, you kind of alluded to the fact that this is in season one. So you've already started plotting out season two. Is that the case? Yes, actually, <laughs> in these days, I am actually thinking about what could happen next. Yes, so yes, we actually had a lot of people, Marcus, uh, asking us if there's gonna be a season two, or perhaps if we are gonna uh, rewrite. Uh, the series into a feature film and all these things uh, are really thrilling into our heads and so with Raquel we are thinking yeah. to, to go further with it and uh, we are seeking ways to do it. Fantastic. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm David Campbell. Uh, and we have returning to the show uh, the makers behind the web series Riddles of Zoom. We have Raquel Fragonese. We have Kelly Juvelli, who wasn't here the last time. And we have uh, Alida Pantone. Is it Pantone or Pantone? Perfect. Pantone, yes. Pantone, excellent. Coming to talk to us about the, uh, the thriller, the psychological horror thriller Riddles of Zoom, which you can catch on YouTube. Now, uh, we've been doing these, uh, these, uh, these couple, of, a couple of episodes um, in conjunction with the Paris International Film Festival. And we've just received news that you are, that this web series is going to be part of international film, the Paris International Film Festival. Tell us, how did that come about? Well, um, I always wanted to, to give as much space as this series as I could and as many, uh, and to share it with as many people as uh, it was possible. And then, um, Jenna Suru, who is the director of the Paris International Film Festival, um, mentioned to us that they had a special um, category, a special, yes, official category uh, for um, projects shot during lockdown, safely and in lockdown. And this series was, was perfect because that's exactly what we did. And so we submitted the series and the jurors were um, 
pleased, I guess, with it because we are now in the official selection. So that's... Yeah, fantastic. I mean, and coming to talk about the fact that you shot the entire thing safely, Kelly, I want to jump to you because you're in the UK and I, I know more about the UK lockdown rules. So you're facing the same sort of lockdown issues I am. I haven't left my house in, in it's, it's been months if it hasn't been a day. Uh, so how did, you, how did you find the shooting of Riddles of Zoom, you being in the UK and this pretty much being a global uh, or multinational project? How did you find doing that? Yes, you're right. It has been a very difficult time, of course, for everyone. Um, but we have especially felt it in our industry. And I think it, when we were filming, it was our first lockdown. So uh, we hadn't been through many of those before. Um, so it was a very interesting concept. And when Raquel and Alida, um, you know, mentioned to us how they were going to film it and put it together, initially I was... Um, really excited, but also nervous at the prospect of having, um, you know, no crew there <laughs> physically, um, as I know I'm not the, the most uh, technical person. Um, but they were absolutely amazing. And we were actually working through Zoom, which is brilliant as well. Um, and we had the team there helping us. Raquel was directing, Alida was producing and acting and helping out as much as possible and AJ was of course our DOP so he was helping with all the lighting and the angles and how it should look um, we were using mirrors to bounce off light we were using everything we could find um, I had a broken um, light actually that day so I had to order a new one from Amazon always when you're filming something goes wrong right so <laughs> yeah. we, we ordered a new one it came really quickly which thank god to Amazon and um, yeah we were using everything so we even used the broken light we uh, attached it to the mirror and we had lots of technical creative issues to overcome so it was really exciting so you basically became uh, your own, you had your own crew set in your house, ready to do the, your own shooting. You had to handle the lighting, rigging, everything just to get that particular work done. Did you Under shoot complete it? guidance. Oh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. Did you shoot everything in one, in one day, uh, in, in order to yes. present it to Rick Elter? Excellent. Uh, and yes, Alida, so you Rick faced... Yeah, sorry. they're directing us... Um, Sorry to interrupt you. Raquel was directing us very well as well. She was really invested in every moment um, because she understood the restrictions of not being able to have the other actors there to react to physically. And so she was absolutely, you know, a godsend in helping us react as naturally as possible to a screen. <laughs> That's f absolutely fantastic. I mean, uh, um, just the fact that you managed to pull this feat together, you've put it on, on YouTube uh, and you've been having loads of people been watching it. Uh, Alida, as a producer, can you tell us, uh, can you give us any sense of, you know, how many views you've had so far uh, on YouTube and how it's expanding? Obviously, it's going to expand more having gone to Paris International Film Festival. At what stage is it at at the moment in terms of YouTube view, uh, viewership? Uh, to be honest, we had this conversation with Raquel at the beginning before choosing which platform to upload the, the series to. And uh, the question was, do we care about having uh, one total counting of uh, views and so putting it on just one platform so we can keep the count? 
or do we care that as many people as possible can see the series and can circulate as much as possible? And uh, given the times and, and the reason why we are doing this, we are all actresses and we want to be seen, uh, we decided not to stress too much about the counting and this because it's not that much about um, monetizing, if it does make sense, the series is more about getting seen. So we put the um, original episodes everywhere. So we uploaded it on Facebook, uh, we uploaded it on Instagram, we uploaded it on YouTube, uh, the, and, and also shared it on Twitter. And the one that we have, we have been working more on is Instagram, actually. Um, to be honest, I can check now a few numbers, perhaps on Instagram only. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they are just spread around everywhere and also on, on our website. So Absolutely. Because I, I, I bounced back and forth between Instagram and YouTube watching it on, on, in various areas. So I, it, you're right. It is spread all across social media so different people also, can watch in different places. Yeah, also uh, each actress is, uh, is sharing it on their own social media. Like Julia mm -hmm. Lupetti from Los Angeles is doing also a great job by reposting all the episodes on, on her timeline. I did the same. Raquel is doing the same. So slowly, like we're just spreading it all around. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Producer Dave, you have a question? Yeah, I have. Um, I've listened to everything you said about the uh, challenges you faced um, actually shooting the web series. So discounting series two, because that's a given, can you see yourselves undertaking another such project? Well, yes. I actually have ideas bubbling around for other series, different kind, not, no more thriller, horror, but I have an idea for a more comedic one and one... Uh, which I'm not sure which genre to give it into, but all very simple in the way they're shot, but interesting in the storytelling of it. That's fantastic. So and yes, once, you, once you get that project up and running, please come back onto the show so that we can shout it from the rooftops and get as many people watching it as possible. Um, uh, Raquel uh, Fragonesi. Can, can I just... Oh, uh, sorry. You're going... Alida and Kelly, the same question, you know, have, can you see yourselves actually engaging in another similar kind of project where you are remote and you have to virtually do sort of all that preparation yourself, really? Yes, I 100% uh, want to do it again. And also, especially having done it with friends, uh, now I know better and I surely will try not to make it in summer like in like when it's the most hot and you need to close yourself into a room where you cannot use air conditioning uh, or uh, open the windows for noises uh, second rule it would be like get a, prep your meals before because you won't have time to cook or, or stop to eat anything and um and yeah there is a lot of stress but really it's not different as any other film that I've done, the kind of stress that there is. So, so uh, it's actually much, much better on the point of view of promoting yourself as an actor because it spread during the time. So every week we had something to post about that we're doing. So uh, it's like you're constantly working and, and that was great uh, after just one day 
uh, of filming like so really, shoot really the next pro so shoot the next project in winter that's basically what you're saying uh yeah probably yeah. it's a good idea yes excellent <laughs> Kelly, I see it nodding your head along with that. Do you agree with everything or are there aspects of it that you wouldn't actually, um, wouldn't like to repeat? No, I, I, I do agree with most of that. Of course, um, Alida experienced her Italian summer, whereas I experienced a UK summer, so I wasn't quite as hot. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think if you're going to involve actors from all over the world, of course, weather conditions is something you absolutely should take into consideration. Um, and I completely agree that maybe winter would be a much better season um, for people in hotter countries to film in uh, due to not being able to open your window uh, because of noise and you know the usual issues you get with technicalities when filming. Um, I think for me myself I would absolutely do this again but I think I would really love if um, you know, we could have maybe the actor you're acting with on the screen as well as a director um, so that you can get that personal connection. I feel for me that would be just more, um, more natural, more uh, benefiting to that, to, you know, to the technique that you need um, doing it on Zoom and for acting. Um, but that might not be the case for everyone. It's just me personally. I really love other human beings and um, I'd love to have one there to react to. So <laughs> that would be an extra added, added thing I'd like to see next time. You just want to have Julia Lopetti throwing shade at you on screen. So Absolutely. it gives you a little bit more to work with, right? Yeah, and I want to feel like I'm in LA. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Ladies, thank you all very much for joining us today. What, just before we go, um, uh, Raquel, can you tell us where can people find Riddles of Zoom that they can watch uh, be either before or during uh, international, the Paris International Film Festival? You can find it on our website, www.riddlesof dzoom.com or if you write riddles of zoom uh, on instagram or twitter or facebook you should be able to find us excellent ladies thank you very much raquel fragonese alida pantoni and kelly jubilee uh, talking about riddles of zoom we wish you all the best in paris international film festival thank you so thank much for having us Thank you so much, Jenna Suru, one of our best fans as well. And thank her for giving us the opportunity to show our um, web series to France. Absolutely. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm David Campbell. And we are here with one of the filmmakers with a film in the Paris International Film Festival. Please tell us your name and the name of your film. My name is Christopher Shore, and the film is Tyrants of Tomorrow Telethon. Christopher, thank you very much for joining us. Um, now, uh, it's a very, uh, very alliterative and very interesting uh, film name you have there. Uh, Tyrants of Tomorrow's, uh, Tomorrow Th Telethon. Please tell us what that's about. Wow, I, can, I said too many T's in one, in one sentence. <laughs> yeah, um, basically this is a, a musical about dictators and about the tactics that, uh, that authoritarians typically use to, to gather and retain power and to manipulate the public. Um, it is a, a lesson on the dangers of complacency and it encourages people to uh, pay attention and uh, recognize these things when they see them. 
the the name tyrants of tomorrow telethon is the the name of the event that is taking place in the movie which is a telethon a fundraiser uh, that is hosted by some ex-dictators to raise money for the dictators of tomorrow aspiring autocrats everywhere the children the, the very next question I'm, I'm going to ask is about what inspired you to make this film. And the, the first question I want to ask before I ask that is, does, that, does it have anything to do with springtime for Hitler? <laughs> well, you know, it's certainly in that vein. <laughs> I think that, I think that uh, fans of springtime for Hitler would be fans of the Tyrants of Tomorrow Telethon for sure. C count me in. Count me in as one of them. Because uh, those who don't know uh, from the producers, Mel Brooks, the producers, uh, there's a, there, it centers around these two producers who are producing a, what they expect to be a theater show um, called Springtime for Hitler, which is a musical about Hitler and the Nazis expecting it to fail. And yours, uh, it, it's obviously not uh, exactly the same, but as you said, it's about tyrants, ex-dictators putting on a telethon. What inspired you to come up with this idea? Could this have anything to do with what's been going on recently? Well, you know, <laughs> I, I, I can't say that it does because in fact, um, this idea well predates um, any, and, and I assume you're talking about what's happening in America recently, um, and, and no. Uh, this was actually inspired by a conversation that I had with a, a Hungarian colleague um, in 2014, maybe, um, about what was happening in Hungary and the rise of uh, the rise of the kind of extreme right and the sort of the fascist movement there. And I had no idea um, that that was happening. Um, and when she started telling me about the things that were happening, the specific things that were happening, I thought, gosh, all of this stuff sounds so familiar. It's like, it's straight out of the fascist playbook. Like, why don't people recognize this? You know, like, why don't they say like, oh, wait a minute, we know this trick. We're not going to fall for this again. Um, so I started making a list. I didn't know what I wanted to do with it, but I started making a list of these, of these moves. Like, what are the moves in the fascist playbook? And, um, and then later in 2016 in America, um, I had this list and I started recognizing some of the things on that list in our national news. Um, I was seeing some of those same things happen. I thought, wait a minute, this feels familiar. It's on my list. And, you know, it has to do with things like um, discrediting the media and um, uh, fear mongering, um, you know, identifying scapegoats, um, anti-elitism, um, uh, this fake myth of the common man. Um, you know, it's like all, all of these things that are so, they're just the tried and true. And so I at that point, that's why I was going to, I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you to check off some of the lists for us to, to sort of do a comparison of what's in your movie and what you've actually experienced in real life in, in the, uh, in the American uh, political uh. landscape. Um, but let, let's dive in a little bit into the, your, your film itself. So, uh, tell us about some of the actors that you have involved, the, the writing process that, you know, it took. you mentioned your conversation with your friend from Hungary. Who's, who's involved in this particular project? Who directs it? Who writes it? Who, who's one of the actors in it? Yeah, so, you know, we can, we can talk a lot about, um, about these themes, you know, and the politics of it. Um, 
the first thing that someone will notice when they actually watch the movie is that it's made with action figures. Um, that there are no, there are no human actors <laughs> except for voice actors. Um, I wrote this, I wrote this piece as a musical, as a live stage musical. And at that time it was called Dictators for Dummies. And uh, it, we produced it um, in 2018 here in America. Then we toured it to Poland. And as we were coming up to the, uh, to the, to 2020 and thinking about the election, I wanted to, to revisit this material and, and maybe remount the production. And then the pandemic hit and we couldn't do live theater and I couldn't get actors into a room together. And uh, I decided to remake the whole musical with dolls in, in my own home studio. And uh, so um, this was during quarantine, you know, I was here in my house and um, I, I crafted, um, I crafted dolls to look like dictators and, um, and then I, I uh, called the original cast back together. Um, these are members of the Touchstone Theater Ensemble in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Um, called the cast together. We had one um, recording session and we recorded the dialogue together. Um, then each individual person recorded um, songs that our musical director created a, a piano track to and then they recorded their vocals. Um, so it was a, it was a very odd process. Um, and, and what you end up with is this sort of cross between like a puppet, like a, like doll puppets and stop motion animation. Um, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's an oddball, it's an oddball little movie with big politics. One of the things I saw, I saw the trailer a while ago, and one of the things it reminded me of there was this, there was this uh, YouTube uh, channel that, that hit it really big about maybe ten years ago, where it was kind of a take on the I, I'm a I'm a PC and I'm a Mac, uh, you know, I'm Apple and a PC, and uh, this, this uh, creator did a comparison between Marvel and DC. So you have Marvel superheroes and DC superheroes. And I got really invested. I, I fell down the rabbit hole in that. And that sort of, <laughs> as soon as I saw the trailer, I, that flashed me right back to that moment. And it's, it's one of those things where as soon as you see it, you understand exactly what it is. But it's, it's a, the, the thing I really loved about the trailer about, for your, your film is that it's the same as with the other project. Your, uh, you, you suspend disbelief immediately because you understand where you're at. Similar to another film uh, idea I, I, think of, I think of is uh, Team America, World Police, uh, Trey, yeah. uh, um, uh, the creators of South Park, where you see it and immediately you're thinking, okay, this is not a Hollywood blockbuster with uh, amazing um, animation, but forget that, just, just we're, we're in. We've, we've, we understand this is where you're coming from and we're in which then allows you to get to the heart of the actual story and the jokes and the message and the themes, which I think works perfectly. So the question I want to ask you, um, now that you've got the experience with directing a theater play uh, and directing puppets, if you will, which do you prefer? Which do you feel you're going to be carrying on? Uh, let's say the pandemic were to get lifted. Do you go back to theater or do you carry on with your puppets? <laughs> well, you know, now that I've created this particular world, I can imagine revisiting this particular world um, in this form. Um, I don't know that I don't know that I'm 
I'm eager to, to jump into some completely other project using uh, 12 inch action figures. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I, I am a theater maker by training and, and that's, that's my normal, my normal life is, is making theater, live theater. And, um, you know, this was just, I, I think it will probably be a bizarre one-off, you know, that will just be like this, this thing that happened um, because of the, because of the world being the way it, the way it is and um, because of the constraints. You know, looking around, I, I, I have to say that I do love the, the kind of creativity that has emerged from the pandemic. Like, all, just all sorts of off-the-wall things that you would never think to do um, that have come about in, in terms of creativity. Um, I don't know. I, 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 can see, I can see these little characters... Um, you know, having having a little, some little mini like this is a feature film, um, but I can see them doing you know thirty second promos and that sort of thing. You know, uh, absolutely. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance One Hundred Four Point Four FM. I'm Marcus Iaco, and I'm David Campbell. Just want to ask and, very quickly: yeah. um, Is there a standout song in the film that you that you're really proud of? <laughs> well. You know, the song that's on my mind right now um, is a song called uh, Recipe for Scapegoat. It's a song that is sung by the character Little Timmy Hitler. Um, uh, Little Timmy comes out um, and uh, it's, the, it's, it's, the, it's the food segment of the telethon. And he's going to teach the audience a recipe. And he sings this song, uh, A Recipe for Scapegoat. And it's on my mind right now because it talks about like, how do, you, how do you control the mob? You know, like, basically stirring people up and then pointing them in the direction that you want them to go. Um, and that is, is really on my mind, um, you know, this, this week and last week, thinking about the, the attempted coup in D.C. Um, and, and, you know, four years of just whipping people up into hatred and, you know, fanning the flames of resentment and you know it's it's nasty nasty stuff it creates this hatred and then somebody directs that mob and they are ready to fight absolutely you the your the themes of your movie uh tyrants of tomorrow telethon are very very prescient they sort of they will they they ring they ring true with what's actually going on right now with the, with not just, I guess, pandemic, but also what's happening in, you know, Capitol Hill and everything else. Um, I, I, I myself can't wait to watch the film for people who are interested in finding out more about you, about the project. Uh, where can we find out more about yourself? What social media tags do you have for yourself and for the, uh, for the film? The easy one to remember is Carlo 2020. Carlo Supremo is the name of the, of the fictional dictator, Carlo. And so carlo2020.com is a website, um, Dictators for Dummies, the number four, Dictators for Dummies um, on Facebook and on, uh, and on the web. Excellent. Christopher Shaw, Tyrants of Tomorrow at Telethon, featuring in the Paris International Film Festival. Christopher, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. Yeah, great talking to you guys. And that was Spotlight. 
hope you enjoyed listening to those filmmakers. We enjoyed interviewing all of them. I know I said earlier that some of them were like pulling teeth, but even pulling teeth sometimes can be beneficial for you. That's what they said. It's like eating vegetables is good for you. And you eat broccoli and then eventually you either like broccoli or you don't, but you have to eat it because it's good for you. So I hope you enjoyed those filmmakers. We're going to be bringing... You know, you're talking about Popeye and spinach, aren't you? Where, where they invented a ca cartoon character to in encourage kids to eat things they didn't like, like spinach. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. So you eat your spinach and you get strong. You eat, you watch some food that you don't really enjoy and uh, they make you better, I guess. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm rambling. You've been listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Akko. Producer Dave. I want to say thank you very much for staying with us, listening to us. Please stay safe. Go check out the Paris International Film Festival website for uh, links to the program which for the festival, which goes from the 4th to the 14th of February. And keep tuning in to us to listen to more filmmakers who are going to be in that festival. Thank you very much for listening. And speak to you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.